You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about WIMF. Women's Inclusion Mentorship Framework Model. I don't know that anybody else calls it WIMF, but but maybe we'll start something. Maybe we'll start a new trend. Everything has an acronym. (laughs) Um, This week we read Counseling Connoisseur Fostering Mental Health Mentorship in Counseling Today 2022. So this model has three different parts, three different branches. And Heather, the first branch is Relational Cultural Focus. Right. I feel like we do a ton of that without getting into like the weeds about it. But I feel like, yes, like when I was right, yes, 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 please. But mm-hmm. I think it's really important to think about where you're like, what exactly does that mean? When we talk about like relational and it's a dash cultural mm-hmm. focus, it gets lost on people, right? Whether you're talking about someone's racial background, whether you're talking about someone's cultural background, whether you're talking about someone's religious background. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those have an impact or Mm -hmm. impact us as a supervisor and our supervisees. Yeah. I think I'm tagging on to what you're saying, Mm -hmm. that we as counselors value that. Right. No, I can't think of a counselor who would say, I don't value. I don't value that. Relational cultural focus. How do we take it to the next level? Or how do we make sure that if there are only three branches and WIMF, that this gets a lot of attention and focus? So how do we up our game? Right. I think part of it is awareness, right? And like Mm -hmm. being aware not only of the community you serve, but the community your office is in. And I think it goes broader to that. And in my situation in private practice, most of my referrals are from word of mouth. And so they're coming from people I have relationships with, whether it's from another colleague or from a client. A lot of times those worlds are a direct access. So it's about focusing your intention on what are you known as? If someone were to ask you what when someone sees your name, other than being a play therapist or working at an eating disorder place, like what what else do they know about you? Mm-hmm. The real you, like mm-hmm. you, Sarah, not you, yeah. your job. Oh, well, when I'm teaching students, I think I am more explicit when I'm trying to describe this. I give them very specific details and maybe I'm mm-hmm. giving them in your face kind of examples. Okay. You can't walk into a room and not have something implied about you of course right it always happens you can whether you do something or you don't do something right somebody's drawing a conclusion about you i wonder if we're in a mentor relationship how we highlight that or even let's say nurture it Mm -hmm. i mean i think part of it is about having conversations i often ask my like supervisees like what else they need or how Mm -hmm. like what do they know about me or like why especially at the very beginning like why would be a good fit why is this good like You're trying to find those other things that are unspoken, not just like, oh, you must be a supervisor and you've been a supervisor five years. I can see how, for some people, this would be a little bit different than the counseling relationship, which is different than a mentorship relationship, that the mentor might self-identify as a lot of things right away. Like, hey, I want to feel connected to you. And so I'm going to identify the things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're in a counselor role, 
you leave some of that up to your clients. Right. You to don't. Decide. I mean, I tend not right. to share. I won't say almost anything, but mm-hmm. I tend not to share a lot. But in a supervisee mm-hmm. relationship, I do. I share a lot more mm-hmm. because they're kind of seeing what I call the behind the scenes of being a counselor. Right. Yeah. I think if I were going to try and if I push myself to have a greater relational cultural focus, I'm going to ask questions and maybe even like really push hard and ask questions. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we, as a culture, we, not just counselors, we're avoiding asking questions that we might think are sensitive. Right. You wouldn't want to offend someone. So then the Mm -hmm. question goes unasked when really it maybe would be less of an offense if you asked. Yeah. So if I, maybe if I had a mentor, mentee or supervisee that in some way doesn't identify the exact same way I do. Right. That I would ask them, what is it like to be fill in the blank? Right. At your, where you're at or mm-hmm. where you're working or mm-hmm. what you're, with what you're doing. Right. I think that's a great way to kind of launch a conversation that goes a lot deeper than the surface. Mm-hmm. And it, that part of it being that it's, it's so important to make sure those are matches, right? If someone, is from, uh, let's use religion as an example, and they're coming to you because they think you're of a certain faith and then you're not, or you're not even in the same, like not in the same realm of it, it maybe wouldn't be a good fit. Like it's Mm -hmm. something to consider if that's their focus, Mm -hmm. something to consider, okay, well, maybe even if I could be supportive and open to that, they may not appreciate it as much. Right. That's the second branch of WENF, (laughs) Women's Inclusion Mentorship Framework Model, having quality matches. Have you ever been placed, either you as the mentor or you as a mentee, when we're supervising, we kind of have some control over right. who we, who we supervise. Right. Have you ever been placed in a, in a mentor relationship that you that just wasn't a fit? Yes. You have? I have. Very early on as a brand, I think I was still in school, mm-hmm. but where I was at for my job, I knew that there would be a way for me to start getting some hours there, but I had to get kind of permission and get things signed and transferred over. And it did mean that my clinical supervisor would be someone different than my current supervisor I had at work. And just for those certain jobs I was going to be doing. And I sat down the first time and I was like, oh man, I normally like everyone. Why don't, this isn't a good fit. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I just got to get this done. And I tried and tried and tried. And finally, like three months in, somebody at my school was like, why don't you change? Like, <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. yeah. Because you guys do not match. Like, just came from different points of view. I came from a much different, I think, back, like, my focus was child development. And I really could, in their words, I was making an excuse for all behaviors. Mm-hmm. And it was like, actually, seven-year-olds are supposed to run. It's what they do. <laughs> yeah. So I think in knowing that about that experience, I think it makes me... I don't want to say apprehensive, but over new relationships where I know some of my supervisees are just kind of farmed out or put in locations, I'm always like, oh, gosh, let's look for the signs that it's a good fit. Like, let's find what could be the right thing. Yeah. I mean, you're describing like instinctually. You just knew. Yeah. (laughs) And it didn't get better. No. (laughs) I was thinking at first when you said, yeah, I've had a relationship Mm -hmm. like that. I thought I can't think of one. I think maybe I I was thinking maybe I just got really lucky, but I did think of one. Mm -hmm. And it definitely, it was not professional. When I was pretty young, like middle school-ish or maybe even younger, I had a swim coach and I had swim coaches for years and years. And I loved all of them because we were doing something I wanted to do. So I never had a swim coach that I didn't really Mm -hmm. enjoy. And in turn, they enjoyed me because I was enthusiastic. I did have one swim coach that, 
I can't remember how long we worked together. We just never got each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more he was frustrated with me, the more I thought, why do I care? Right. Why am I time? Yeah. yeah. And um, thinking back, if I actually was middle school age, middle schoolers are rough. So right. I'm sure I was. Right. <laughs> I'm sure I was difficult, too, as a middle schooler. But yeah, we never clicked and it never got better. And all my coaches prior to that, and I think most of my coaches after that, I enjoyed. Right. And they enjoyed me. Right. And I don't think I got worse mm-hmm. under that coach, but I didn't get better. Right. And I think that's where I was going next with this is when there's a quality match, that's when you get the good results, right? Yeah. That's when you're growing new counselors. That's when you're not only are your supervisees growing, but you as a supervisor are growing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the match is good and you have kind of a reciprocal relationship. If the match isn't good, everything becomes like, stalemate like just stop right oh and you know i i always am thinking that a mentor relationship benefits both sides right and i can appreciate that that or i can imagine how that would work that if it's not really doing it for either one of you you're just annoyed that you have to spend time together (laughs) neither one of you are energized or excited or learning or gaining something from it it seems really purposeless right Okay, the last branch of our the model that we're discussing today is have a plan to help the people listening. Maybe we can get really specific about any plans that we've used or had in place before that were really structured. Mm-hmm. I can use this as an example, and maybe you can tag team off of it. At the very beginning, when I was a brand new supervisor, I just would meet with a new supervisor coming in and be like, oh, yeah, I like them. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. They want to come to me. Sure, that works. But as I became a supervisor for longer, I realized that like I needed to have a structure as much as they were interviewing me. I need to be interviewing them to make sure of the things I'm already aware of in counseling that they don't know yet. Mm -hmm. And that was to ask more questions or to see like, well, what do they think about X, Y, Z? Like Mm -hmm. to make sure not, I mean, we don't have to have like use the same theory. We don't have to like do everything the same, but they're... I've kind of come up with a formula maybe of how those first meet and greets go where I didn't, I used to just wing it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm much more structured about like things I want to know about them before I agree to be in that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking back about my early supervisors and slash mentors, and I think it was less structured. I'm kind of wondering if that fits developmentally. Like when you're a practicum or right, you know, you're right, right. just barely starting. What if we, I didn't have a lot of structure. Maybe that was because where I was at, I didn't right. need a lot of structure. Right. What do you think? I agree, actually. If I think back to my very first supervision experience, didn't need that, so didn't require it. And mm-hmm. the places I was at, other than that one early bad experience, really were kind of already defined. Like they were very just like, here, get yeah. this thing. And it was very simple. Well, I, I mean, I'm kind of wondering if your very first small handful of clients, you don't need to have a lot of structure because everything is new in in your learning. Right. So every experience, there's a ton to gain Mm -hmm. from it and learn from it. But if, like you're saying, your first couple are less formal and then they become more formal because you've targeted the thing that needs attention or they've already learned a lot of stuff and so you want to get more focused on the thing that they need or that they're asking mm-hmm. for. Yeah, I think that could definitely be that. One thing that I do with registered play therapists, mm-hmm. supervisees or mentees, that certification has changed a lot and it feels like there are a lot of moving parts. Okay. 
I start out almost day one with a spreadsheet. That's a great idea. Because the training, the supervision, and the experience, uh, all of those pieces have to work in orchestra with each other. And so I want to make sure we're getting the things at right. the right time. And um, I mean, who doesn't love a checklist? So then you can get them. <laughs> Mark off, right. you know, like your achievements, awesome. which makes me think, I think that can, I remember like elementary school, we would do the the summer book club oh. at the library. Oh, yeah. Where you like sort of color in the little right. things. I did this book and mark it off. And I loved that. Uh-huh. Maybe that's where that, that my spreadsheet from. came from. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like it's been reassuring and helpful to my supervisees that we're talking the same language. Right. And we can communicate and we can, I feel like it's reassuring to them. Right. And if something is off or you look down and you're like, oh, we haven't done this training or we haven't done this, then it's like right there in front of you as a reminder. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to miss something. Mm-hmm. As far as, have you ever been the mentee that, other than in school, that had something formal or something structured? I don't think I've had something too formal or structured. I was, I mean, I worked someplace where we kind of did have I would call it group supervision. And actually, I would say it was like group supervision overlapped with what we would call like rounds mm-hmm. in the clinic setting. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I can't think of yeah. like... It wasn't a positive experience, but I had a job where the company paid for me to have a executive coach. Oh. Kind of like a life, <laughs> like a life coach, okay. but career-oriented. And it was someone who was in our field and who had a, more experience than I did. It was very, very informal. I mean, there was... Right, no structure. Right. Okay. I didn't find it beneficial at all. Right. You're like, why are we wasting time every time we talk? This Mm -hmm. is not moving me forward. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it also goes back to not being a quality match. (laughs) True. (laughs) Very true. But maybe I would have drawn that conclusion more quickly if I'd had structure and I knew what we were doing. Then I could have more quickly said, yeah, I don't think we're a good fit. Right. So maybe WENF right. is circular <laughs> and all go. of those things like are it. connected and important. Um, well, I've enjoyed talking about WENF and saying WENF. Yeah, and, it's going to get that. Um, it's definitely a wider topic than yeah, our last, last week. week's topic, yep. so mm-hmm. we enjoyed that too. Heather and I would love to hear about how you lift up strong women in the mental health field. And of course, we would love to hear ideas about other potential podcast episodes and thanks for listening to supervision with a vision you've been listening to supervision with a vision head on over to itunes to subscribe rate and leave a review be sure to check us out on facebook and instagram at therapy academy to join the conversation and get show notes we'll be back next week with more supervision with a vision